What is up, everybody? I'm Lance McCullers Jr. Welcome to episode number 15 of the Walkout Podcast. And I'm Carlos Correa. It's been a while, bro, since we it has been a little bit. An episode. Season has been busy. Yeah, season's been busy. It's been, uh, it's been a little while. We have some exciting news here from the Walkout Podcast. We're going to be moving over to Sirius XM from, yes. uh, from here into the uh, hopefully far distant future. So we're very excited about that to uh, bring you guys um, you know, some, some, some amazing content on a new platform. So we're very excited about that. And we are in the prime stretch of the baseball season. We are, we are, man. And I, I gotta add, man, we're very excited. You know, this started as a, as a hobby, as something yeah. that it's, you know, it's, it's our passion. You know, we, we love to watch UFC when, when we're not playing baseball, watching fights at home every Saturday, we get together to watch fights and we started the podcast just, you know, for fun. So the fans could interact with us and, and see how much we know the sport and now where we're serious. So we're very excited about this opportunity. Yeah, man, it's going to be great. We have a lot of episodes uh, lined up with them, a lot of awesome um, new segments and ideas that we're going to be bringing to the Walkout Podcast. So stay tuned for that. But speaking about the prime stretch, we're getting also into the prime stretch for the UFC. Ooh. We have UFC Fight Night, Kobe versus Woodley this Saturday night. We have the USC 253 pay-per-view. That's, of course, Adesanya versus Costa. That's uh, the 26th of September. 1017, Ortega versus Zombie is a oh. fight night. That's official now. And then, of course, rounding out in the end of uh, October on the 24th is the UFC 254, which we're all Dave. waiting for. Khabib, <laughs> the Eagle versus Justin. Highlight Gaethje. So uh, we have some amazing fights coming up. Some amazing uh, shows to do for you guys. And uh, I think that covers it, man. You ready to jump into anyone and get rolling? Let's do it, brother. All right, here we go. Anyone coming right now. All right, any number one, here we go. And as Carlos mentioned, it has been a little bit since we've uh, been together for a for a podcast. So we're going to just touch a little bit on the UFC recap of uh, Overheem versus Sakai and also do a little recap of the Watterson Hill uh, card before we get going into, I'm sure, what everyone is waiting to hear us talk about, which is the 19th this Saturday, um, which is Kobe versus Woodley. So going back to that Overheem card, um, obviously we had, uh, OSP, um, with the amazing left hook knockout, but talk to me about Overheem versus Sakai in the main matchup. Cause Overheem looked impressive. Bro, Overheem looks like he's drinking from the fountain of youth, man. Every, every fight that goes by, he looks even better. He's been working with Curtis Blaze on his ground game. So now he's not just taking people down. He's controlling them and he's also causing a lot of damage. And, yeah. you know, the adjustment he made, cause Sakai is, is a beast. He's a, he's beast a good on fighter, the feet, man. It was a good know? fight going, going into the fifth. Don't let him fool you by the way he looks. The guy can fight and the guy is really good. And he was putting it on on Overeem on the feet. And then yeah. he had to make the adjustment. I started to take him down. And then when he was on the mat, it was waters that he can swim on. And Overeem took over at that point. You know, he put um, whatever Curtis Blaze is teaching him during the training camps. He put it to work. It worked out great. It was the perfect game plan to execute. And he came up with the win. It was huge, man. Bro, it's so impressive to watch uh, an MMA legend and Alistair Overheem. He has over 60 uh, professional fights, 47 wins. I mean, the, the laundry list of accomplishments goes on and on. At his age and the way, what he's accomplished in this sport, for him to continue to search for knowledge and, and the training regimen he's on now, we heard it when he, a couple fights ago, he was saying he trains three or four times per day. All he basically does is wake up, eat, 
train, sleep, eat, train, sleep, eat, train, sleep. Like that's the regimen he's on almost every single day and bounces around from camp to camp. Um, I thought Sakai looked really good, but like you said, um, once the takedown started happening, uh, you know, Overheem started to find his way. We're in a chat with Michael Carter Williams and, and a big group t- uh, chat on, you know, our, our phones. And we've talked about this before. And we saw Overheem, I believe it was Overheem versus, um, what, 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 well, what? Wall Harris? The last no, fight? it was the, when he had his title shot. Um, I'm blanking on, uh, Stipe. Stipe, yeah. And we were, we were talking about the Overheem versus Stipe fight. And we said, do we think Overheem wins now? And we were kind of all in agreement of like, no, I don't think, Overheem wins now because Stipe has also gotten a lot better. But this version of Overheem and that like p- period of time, if this is the Overheem we would have seen then, yeah. I think he would have he would have won and been a pretty good heavyweight champion because of the way that he's evolved his game. Absolutely. The way he dropped Stipe on that first fight, he would have been able now to finish him. But like you said, Stipe has gotten a lot better. So I think those shots are not going to yeah. land as clean. He plays a great boxer. He got those two fights against Cormier, so I think he's on our level right now. Yeah. So, all right, we're moving on to the uh, to the Hill versus uh, Watterson um, card and fight, in, in, in particular, was a was an amazing fight. This this uh, this woman strawweight bout was originally the um, the co-main, and now it got bumped to the main event once uh, the Tiago fight got moved. So, talk to me about what you saw in this fight from 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 Michelle. And uh, I have some thoughts about about Angela Hill moving forward and kind of how bad I feel for her. Yeah, I gotta say that this is the best women's fight that I've seen since Wei Li and Joanna. Oh, I so and I, I agree. And I know the Rose fight was great with uh with Andrade, but that was three rounds. This was five rounds of pure action back and forth. I had a 2-2 going to the fifth. Fifth round was really close. It could have gone either way. Um, Karate Hottie made the right adjustments, man. I mean, first two rounds, it was all hill. She was sending the clean punches. She was landing the power shots. And then Karate Hottie started keeping the distance a little more with the body kicks, the side karate kicks. She did a great adjustment. Um, I got to say, Angela Hill takedown defense got so much better from that uh, Gadelia fight. Yeah. I mean, she got taken down the first fight. round against Claudia Gadelia on the first fight, bro. And then since then, she's gotten so much better. She was taken down only once. I think it was the third round. And she looked impressive, man. I feel for her because it's been close fights. I think the Gadelia fight, she won. But, you know, it is what yeah, it is. It is what it this is. fight, it could have gone either way. So this fight was, this fight was not a robbery. Um, it was close. Karate Hottie did what she had to do to win this fight. Yeah. And, you know, props to both of them. They gave us a great fight when nobody was expecting uh, it. Nobody was expecting it to be that good. No, I agree. I mean, one for 18 on takedowns, Michelle Watterson. Yeah. I mean, that's how good Angela Hill was in, uh, in this last fight, um, just, you know, this last weekend. Uh, with the takedown defense. And, you know, the total strikes were 162, uh, Michelle Watterson, 146 Hill. The significant strikes were 128 to 131, the slight advantage to Hill. And obviously, I mean, yeah, Hill. And then obviously the takedowns, um, Michelle had one of 18, which is 5%. And, uh, you know, Hill didn't attempt a takedown. But, dude, I agree. I thought the Claudia fight, I, I did think Angela Hill won. I thought it was pretty clear she won that fight, two to one, maybe even three to zero. We've seen a lot of questionable decisions this year. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't think this was um, a bad decision. This was a fight, like you said. If, if either one of these women would have won, we would have been like, yeah, you know, close fight. Uh, the judges saw it one way or the other. So Michelle Watterson is a friend of the show. I definitely watched it with 
uh, maybe a little bit of bias towards her because, you know, she came on the show. She's, she's, she's awesome. Um, great you know, person. she's a great person and she's been great for the sport. So, uh, congrats to Michelle Watterson, but I feel bad for Hill, man, because you fight Claudia and the world thinks you win that fight. The judges don't. So then the UFC books you right away with a, with a top 15, another top 15 opponent and Michelle Watterson, and you put up another amazing performance. Yeah. It's almost like these girls coming in these fights know that maybe even though Angela Hill, she's 12 and nine, she isn't the biggest name. They know she comes to absolutely brawl yeah. and they match her level of intensity and they just become these like awesome wars. And then it, you always kind of feel bad for the person walking she out of the cage short. that um doesn't get the win from yeah. such good performances yeah absolutely i mean she she's a great fighter man like you said her record doesn't reflect the kind of fighter that she is right now she's gotten so much better but at the same time you know she lost that fight to claudia gadelia and she broke in the top 15 even though yeah. she lost that fight right claudia was number five at the time yeah so she broke into the top 15 i think it was 13 or 14 so now with this performance, I think she stays in the I top hope so. 15. I hope she so. still gets a top 10 opponent because it was a great performance. You know, it was it was a fight that everybody, every MMA fan enjoyed. Yeah. And I mean, I was not expecting a lot from this fight. I got to be honest, man. I didn't expect a lot from this fight. When when the Thiago Santos fight got canceled, I said, oh, this card mm, doesn't look that good. But the performance they put up. It was great. Five was of the great. year uh, performance uh, worthy for sure. For sure. And uh, we had a feel good story on this card too. We had on the, his name was Kevin Groom on the prelim card. He was facing Roosevelt Roberts. Um, about was, money? Uh, about money. Yeah. We, we talked about about money a couple, uh, many, many months ago on this podcast. And Kevin Groom took his uh, UFC debut on two days mm, notice. I love to not hear that. Not one week, not two weeks, not a month. Two days, two days notice took this fight against a guy who coming off a pretty impressive performance and Roosevelt Roberts back at uh, when when the fights were back in Jacksonville at the start of the pandemic. He had sixty three dollars in his bank account, he said. Wow. Just a couple days ago. And he comes out with a 31 second submission, 50K bonus. This is what you love to see right here. Yes, sir. Uncle Dana making people happy. Two days notice, bro. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Two I days notice. That. That's impressive. Uh, 63 bucks in his account and, um, you know, gets the 50K bonus and hopefully parlays this into another quick fight. Yes. And, and, and maybe, you know, he keeps he keeps rolling and makes a good name for himself. That's the way to make a name for yourself. That's the like way to Hamside. do it. Two fights yeah. in ten days. Let's I go, smash. baby. I, I smash. smash everybody. And then also on this card, we had um, Ottoman Azatir versus uh, Kaman Worthy with an amazing uh, first round uh, KO TKO with some crazy crazy combo work. Uh, it was it was fun to watch. So like you said, man, this this card. And you, Ed Herman, also on this card, submission Oof. the third round. I mean, against Mike Rodriguez, bro. This card, this card, like every card we talk about, maybe on paper leading into the fight, you're kind of like, I wonder what, I wonder what this, uh, what this, um, you know, card is going to bring. And then, boom, we get into it, and and it it turns out it turns out pretty solid. And we did have a little bit of controversy uh, in this card. You want to talk to him about it a little bit? Yeah, the Ed Herman fight against Mike Rodriguez. Um, it was very controversial. Mike, Mike Rodriguez was dominating the fight. Um, he landed a liver shot, uh, in the second round. Nasty man. Herman went down. The referee said it was, uh, it was a groin shot. 
Um, when we watched the replay, it was not. It was clean liver shot that put him down. It would have been a second round stoppage win for Mike Rodriguez, win bonus for him. And in the third round, Ed Herman submitted him after the referee blew that call. Yeah. Um, it was good to see Uncle Dana give Mike Rodriguez the winning bonus, I even though he lost the fight. Um, he should have wanted the referee missed it. He's human. They should, I think they should ask for the replay more often. They got the replay available. All they need is to ask. Um, and Mike Rodriguez would have won this fight, but you know, at the same time, Ed Herman was able to bounce back from that shot and submit him. Um, it was a great fight. I enjoyed that fight a lot. I rewatched it because I was playing, uh, the other day. You told me about it. So I had to watch it again. It was a great performance by both men and great by Uncle Dana to do that. Yeah, so I think I think you're right. I think the UFC uh, referees, everything is happening in such real time. And it's the same thing with eye pokes or growing shots. You know, typically it's like when the fighter goes down like that or covers up his eye and is saying eye poke, eye poke, whatever the case may be. The ref, a lot of time, doesn't see it off the bat. Mm-hmm. They see the reaction from the fighters, yeah. and then they react to what the you know what the fighter is telling them, and they they you know they'll stop the they'll stop the action, whatever the case may be, give them the time. But I agree. I think the the replay should be used more, especially if the referee is any 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 sort of um, not a hundred percent sure that what is taking place is what he saw. Um, but I would wonder if they saw the replay. And they see him get, so he got a nasty knee up against the fence was probably the worst one. And then he got another quick knee a little bit off the fence before he went down. And I wonder what would have happened if the ref would have checked the replay. Would he have deducted a point? Would he have said the fight is over? I'm not really sure, um, you know, what like the next step would have been because if he would have just deducted a point or maybe... Uh, you know, two points. I don't know what they would have done. It could have still would have ended point up because it was not a foul. It was a clean shot. So, so the it would have been, been over because he faked it. Yeah. Okay. Well, then if that's the case, like you said, I'm glad that Uncle Dana gave Mike Rodriguez his win bonus. Um, I hope Mike Rodriguez gets back in there soon. And also, this is another interesting thing. I think if you like the Michelle Waterson Angela Hill case, if you were the main event of the evening and you win. Or lose via split decision, I still think you should get a small percentage of your win bonus because obviously split decisions on a five round fight are wars, mm-hmm. and so I think maybe something the UFC could uh, could uh, consider moving forward. But yeah. um, you're you're big on second place trophies, huh? I, I just I think I think I just feel really bad for Angela Hill because she looks so good in the Claudia fight. She looks so good there tonight versus Michelle Watterson. And and I like her a lot. She's over two, no win bonus, no 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 nothing. So I don't know. I just I just kind of I just kind of feel bad for her. She's That's got all. a great Instagram game too. She's I great. Like a lot. She's great. Great personality. But Michelle Watterson, like I said, friend of the podcast. So I'm very happy for her. Excited to see what uh, the future holds for both of them. So. That's it for our our quick UFC Fight Night recaps. Got anything else you want to add? I'm good, bro. I'm excited to talk about Woodley and Covington. Any number two UFC Fight Night, Kobe versus Woodley, and many more awesome fights coming up right now. All right, guys. Any number two and one of the innings and just overall topics we've been waiting to talk on for really a couple weeks now, ever since this fight was official. Yes, sir. UFC Fight Night, Kobe Covington versus Tyrone Woodley. The big welterweight event, the bad blood event, whatever you want to call it. And not only that, bro, we have Donald Cerrone versus Nico Price. We have Kazmat Chimov versus uh, Gerard Marischart. And we have Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann. And one of my favorite women's straw weights and just women fighters in general, Mackenzie Dern versus Ronda Marcos. This card 
Don't forget it's gonna our boy be Kevin heat. Holland. Don't oh, forget yeah. Kevin Holland. My bad. Kevin Holland. I didn't Holland. mean to do that to you, Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland versus Darren Stewart. A great middleweight bout as well. That's these are just on the main card. And then, oh. you know, on the prelim card, I'm sure we got some good ones. Um, that's free for everyone. The, that prelim card and, and and the main card. It's at the UFC Apex. It's this Saturday. Talk to me a little bit about this. And uh, your favorite fights that we got uh, we got lined up. Well, it's not every day that you see a UFC fight night uh, card better than a pay per view card. I mean, Bro, this, this card, is card is ridiculous. top to bottom way better than UFC 253 on paper. Or than that of the Sanya versus Costa fight, which is very interesting. But let's jump in into this card, bro, because I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, let's start. Let's start at the top, bro. Colby yeah. Covington, Tyron Woodley. This is the dream fight for every MMA fan out there. Guys with bad blood, guys mm. that hate each other, guys that have been talking that smack. Um, Colby Covington, man. A lot of people don't like this guy because of his act. It's, uh, it's tired. The worst Instagram game in MMA history. But the guy <laughs> can definitely fight, man. No doubt, this bro. is the guy that put it on um, Kamaru Usman. For five rounds, they went toe-to-toe. So a judge had a 3-1 Colby. Another had a 3-1 Usman. The last one had a 2-2. Colby Covington. I mean, 2-2 tie going to the fifth. And Woodley, you know, he's been struggling lately. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the greatest welterweight champions um, that we've seen. Um, he defended his belt three times. Yes, but he's been on a slump lately. He, he hasn't is. been himself. He, he hasn't is. been able to let go. So this fight is very interesting because now he's saying again that he's going to let go this time. Wow. You know, Colby Covington doesn't have the power to knock you out, so you better let go. You better stand and trade with him. Colby Covington has all the tools in the arsenal to beat Woodley. Woodley has all the tools in the arsenal to beat Colby. So we'll see how this fight is going to play out. I'm very excited to see. What do you think about this fight, brother? Bro, I think that this fight is make or break for Tywin Woodley. This is. is his make or break moment. This is his really his last chance at another top contender. If Tywin Woodley, he has the opportunity of a lifetime here, bro. Tell me another fighter outside of the Conor McGregor's of the world or whoever else you want to, or, you know, whoever else you want to say who loses, you know, uh, two or three times in a row this bad and still gets arguably the number one contender um, in a main card to be able to catapult himself back into the title picture. Make no mistake, guys. Like Carlos said, Colby Covington, worst Instagram game in all sports, uh, you know, just, you know, he's got the whole act thing going and, and, and doing his thing. But below all that, he is a freaking scrapper, bro. He's been through Damian Maya. He's been through Dos Anjos. He's been through Robbie Lawler. He fought Kamar Usman, as Carlos was uh, referring to, and went toe-to-toe with this dude. And and barring maybe his mistake where he said in the second round that third. his jaw third round yeah. that his jaw was broken. So then the other corner, you know, grabbed one of that. He was an two more minutes away from a possible decision win um in a UFC. Uh, championship fight, and he already was the interim champion one time versus Rafael Dos Anjos. So this dude can absolutely scrap. He's got cardio. He's got wrestling. He's got he he's got a really good lead upper um, uppercut that he kind of uh, mixed a lot of combos off of. But the thing that is most eye opening to me, Tyrone Woodley is pulling out all the stops for this camp. He's bringing in Jorge Masvidal two mm-hmm. times. You yeah. brought him in two times to train with this dude. Or Masvidal, who was uh, 
Covington's best friend a yes. couple of years ago. They, so if you guys don't know, Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal used to live together. They trained together down an American Top Team every single day. They were sparring partners for five, six years. So if anyone knows Kobe Covington inside and out, it is Masvidal. So he's helping Woodley in that aspect. Woodley's giving up any sort of um, relationships with women. She keep it PG on the podcast. <laughs> he's not even talking to them or or touching them. Uh, there is whole fight camp. So he's doing everything in his power. The one thing that I'm still afraid of. He did say that the fans have been telling him to let his hands go, and he agrees he needs to let his hands go. But he had a dude in um, Kamara Usman that also isn't known for his knockout power, mm-hmm. and he still didn't let the hands go. So I'm I'm not sure if, if 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 he's got a whole lot left in the tank. He said there was a lot of things distracting him in his life that um, that uh, Mazadal told him he needs to clean up, and he's gotten rid of, and he's 100 percent focused. So. If he is focused and he is motivated, and I know we talk about this with Connor a lot, and he's the Woodley of old, and he can land some of those big punches, it can change the landscape of the fight early. But if Colby comes out and he's the one pressuring, pressing, and he's doing the takedowns and he's controlling the fight, it, it could be another long night for uh, for Tyron Woodley fans. Absolutely, I, I agree with you. But there's a lot of ifs there, and there's a lot of I I, I love Woodley. Great champion, like I said, but there's a lot of ifs there. And and with Colby, there's no ifs. This guy's going to no. go out there. He's going to put up the volume on you. And if you don't keep up with him, if you get tired, you're done. This guy can take yeah. the fight anywhere and beat you anywhere. Make no mistake, Lance. This guy has lost two fights. Early two in his fights. career, yeah. UFC 194. We can say that was the card that put the UFC on another dimension. That was that was level. McGregor. That was the McGregor fight. That was McGregor so out the fight. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, people that were in boxing moved to the UFC because of this fight. You see Conor McGregor, KO Aldo in thirteen seconds. Great performance. The fans on their feet. Everyone on their feet. That was the last fight. Colby lost before facing the champion Kamaru Usman and almost beating him. Through five rounds. This was a great fight. This was candidate for fight of the year. We, we watched it here at your house December yep. of last year. I remember. Um, that's when Holloway also lost his title. Um, this fight was everything an MMA fan could ask for. Two of the best guys in the world, not only in the welterweight division, in the world, going toe to toe for five rounds. Kamaru Usman ended up with a knockout. Colby Covington is the real deal. Don't let him fool you by his act, by always, you know, Trump supporter wearing the hat all the time with the, with the cheap suits and everything. This guy can fight. And yeah. this guy is for real. And this guy's going to go out there and put it on Woodley if he doesn't make the adjustments. So I'm hoping that Woodley is the guy that he once was, not only throwing the overhand right, but putting combos together in order for him to keep, um, Covington at a distance. And this will be a great main event for this card, man. I'm excited, bro. I think that we have a chance to see Colby come back from that jaw. I'm wondering how much he's sparred. I'm wondering how healthy he is. I would assume if he's taking this fight, um, he wanted to take this fight back in June and July mm-hmm. uh, when the whole Fight Island thing was brewing. He said yeah. he wanted to take Woodley, finish his career, and throw him off into the water for the for the Sharks. for the Sharks. So um, this is gonna be, and I love that the fact there's no fans for this one because I hope there's some smack talk going back and forth. Yeah. So. I'm excited. I know you're excited. I hope Oof. everyone listening can tell how excited we are. We're nine minutes in on just these two. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. They've all fought similar opponents throughout their UFC careers. 
Um, I would say Woodley maybe top to bottom a little better, but they're, you know, those last five, six, seven fights have all been very similar um, level of opponents and they've, they've handled them well. They do have I'm a common excited. opponent though. They do have a common opponent, Kamaru Usman. Yeah. And they, Usman. Have, they have Maya, they have Robbie Lawler, they have other guys yeah. too. And Covington did a lot better against oh my Usman. God, that's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, so see. we'll see. We will see. Um, we'll, we'll be here to talk about it next week. So moving on to the, Undercard, uh, not undercard, the co-main event. It's Donald Cowboy Cerrone versus mm. Nico Price. Um, both of these guys are apparently Brazilian jiu-jitsu practicers, but I got a feeling we're going to see some standing and some banging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is <laughs> not going on the mat. I mean, Nico Price, you know, we all know Cowboy Cerrone. This is the guy that loves to fight. He loves to have a good time. Win or lose, he's going to have a smile on his face after the fight. We know him. He's a legend. Nico Price, though. Nico Price is a real fighter. 14 and 4. Mm. His last fight is against Vicente Luque. It might have been fight of the night. I don't remember. It was, it was when, uh, on that Gaethje Ferguson card. Um, but it was a great fight. Nico Price lost by Dr. Stoppage. Um, his eye was just blown up and he was getting hit so much by Vicente Luque, who's also a beast, ranking in the top 15 in the welterweight division. This guy can bang, man. He, this guy has been knocking people out from his back. He's done it twice already. From his back, he's on the mat, some punches, a knob kick, knockout. Um, this guy is flashy. This guy is going to trade with Cerrone. This, for me, this is going to be fight of the night. Mm. No doubt about it. I it's mean, gonna be a performance of the night, one way or the other. Yeah, someone's getting, yeah. someone's going to sleep. Oh yeah, and somebody's gonna be bloody, and somebody's gonna have to spend the night at the hospital. This is a fight that MMA fans dream about. Also, is yeah. this is a fight that they're just gonna stand and trade? Michael Carter Williams will be proud of this fight. Oh yeah, he's gonna love Saturday this fight. Night. This is great. Yeah. I gotta say that I'm gonna go with Cerrone. Why? Because he's fought Tony Ferguson his last three fights, Justin Gaethje. And Conor McGregor. These are the top dogs in the in, in the MMA world. These yeah. are the top dogs that you can find anywhere. If if I want people to protect me and be my bodyguards, it will be those three guys. <laughs> Stand trade. You, you know, would, you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't uh pick like uh Engano. Engano or John Jones or something. You would you would pick those guys? Yeah, but in the, them? in the lightweight division, I'll pick those three guys. Mm-hmm. I, as much as I love Khabib, I think his knees will get messed up if he tries to take people down in, in concrete. Okay. <laughs> Deal. That's, <laughs> but, that's fair. Yeah, and but Nico Price is, is no bum. You know, he, he might win this fight, but I got yeah. always Cerrone because he's been to, through a tough stretch fighting the best in the world. And I think um, this time I heard he's using sparring partners for the first time in a long time. So I think he'll be ready for this yeah. fight. He also had the the, the, the Pettis fight mixed in there. Yes. yes uh, which, was, which was a stand and trade war. Mm-hmm. And we both thought, even um, even though we love Anthony Pettis, he's been on the pod, we both thought that, that Cerrone had had won that decision. But yeah. uh, regardless, I mean, Nico Price, talk about well-rounded fighters, bro. 10 wins by TKO and three wins by submission. Um, his last five fights, I'm going to go down his last five. Um, TKO, 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 TKO. Um, Dr. Stop is those are all, all, those all aren't wins, but my man is going in there to absolutely put on a show and uh, it goes beyond that. His last, uh, 10 fights or 12 fights have all been your submissions or, uh, TKOs on the winning or losing in. So we are going to see a finish. I would put my bottom dollar on it. <laughs> and this, like you said, I think this is going to be a, um, it's going to be a fight of the night, a performance of the night. I'm going to go with Nico Price. Let's bet our studio on it. What? 
Let's bet the studio on it. You want me to bet you the studio? <laughs> no, bet the studio on Vegas that he's that's gonna be a finish. No, that that means my house, and I'm not bet, I'm not betting my house on uh, on this Nico Price Donald Cerrone fight. But um, I think it's gonna be a a Nico Price win by finish, and I think it's gonna happen in the second or third. I think it's gonna happen in the second or third because both these guys got got solid chins. Wow. So we're moving on to the Carlos's favorite fighter. Um, I think probably even above Khabib right now, it's uh, Kazmat versus uh, Gerard. And uh, both of these dudes are going in there looking to send a message because uh, Kazmat is double booked and Gerard is not happy about that one bit. The but- wolf, <laughs> the wolf, the wolf is back. He had some visa problems. He fought a fight island. He couldn't fly to the United States because visa problems. But now he got that all sorted out. He's back against Gerald. Gerald got KO'd. We remember at the apex against Heinish. Um, it was like a 30 second knockout out of the gate. It was a tough, uh, fight for him. But the wolf, man, the wolf has a double booking, brother. He's going to fight Gerald and then he's going to fight the Maya Maya in Fight Island. I mean, that's Dana White doesn't do that with every fighter. He must have a lot of confidence on the wolf. And why not? This guy has fought twice in the UFC. He's landed a hundred plus strikes and he's only absorbed two strikes in two fights. He's completely dominated. Both opponents, nothing like we've ever seen before. This has been amazing. Habib is about to retire. This is my new favorite fighter. Why? Same style. He smashes people and he I goes smash. to work. He's, he, he's going to be active. We know he's going to fight every month if he's healthy. So this is the type of champion that we need in the UFC. I know he's in the same division as Kamaru Usman, so he's got to climb. Uh, he's got a long ways to go. Yeah. He's also going to fight in the division of Adesanya, middleweight. So I'm, I'm really excited to see this guy. The future is bright for this guy. I think it's going to be a second-round stoppage just because I want to see more than five minutes this time. Um, this guy's so much fun to watch, bro. Listen, I love the Wolf as much as everybody, I'm, I'm so sad. I'm so hype on this guy. I'm super high on him. I think that Gerald is going in there fighting not to win. He's fighting for his pride, bro, because he's not happy about the double booking. He feels it's very disrespectful. That is a massive gamble on Dana White's part. If the Wolf has another first couple minute or first round stoppage, and he has another one of these fights where... He is just absorbing no damage and is putting it on these guys. And he goes to fight Damian Maya on a double booking and he wins the Maya fight. I mean, this guy is going to launch into legend status. status. Like he could just be already inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame off of these. He's going to be fighter of the year. (laughs) He's getting the next title shot. If he wins the title, he's going to be maybe like worldwide like Conor McGregor. But I will say Gerald is the biggest fighter he's going to fight. Um, thus far in his UFC career, he is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practicer. He has 23 submissions, um, you know, in his career. I know that the wrestling ground and pound, uh, you know, Dagestani handcuff style that Kazmat fights with is not really a great matchup for a jiu-jitsu guy, but you know, he is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. You have to respect that. He's not a stranger and, to the and mat. He has the ability to, if Kazmat slips up or gets overconfidence, wherever the case may be. Um, he has the ability to fin- to you know get a submission. I would say Gerard's one thing he has to be careful of is don't get up against the fence. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be like I said, the biggest guy that Kazmat has faced, and maybe his hardest 
person to drag across the, the octagon. Yeah, good and, luck at uh, the apex. You know, it's very small, but, you know, he's also got six KOs and, you know, a little over 40 professional fights. So I don't think that Kazmat's going to be super worried about the hands. No chance. Um, the only chance. 23 I, submissions I, I, though, right? 23 submissions, man. Oof. That's, you know, and he's got eight losses down there. So he, he, he likes to be down there. You know, even though you lose that, that was probably his game plan. But, um, you know, he, he has, you know, that, that bad TKO uh, loss in the first round. He, he lost to, to, you know, Eric Anders, the, the former, um, you know, football player at Alabama. So I'm not disrespecting anyone. I'm not saying that he can't win. I'm just saying that. I don't know if uh, Gerard is the guy to stop Kazmat. Um, we'll see, though, because Damian Maia is another guy who's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practicer, probably different classes uh, from Maia to, from, to you know, the, the Gerard. But um, you have to give respect to the black belt, and there's a chance that on the mat, maybe this is the Wolf's tougher toughest opponent thus far, and, and we'll see what shows. But I think the Wolf's going to win this fight. It's just a matter of can this dude put enough damage on him to cancel that double booking because I think that's his goal. Mm-hmm. His, he, he, ain't in the, he ain't in the press conferences talking about or interviews winning. talking about winning. He's talking about just making sure that double booking doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's he got the tools to make that happen. But, you know, the Wolf has been on our level. I think we, we get we get more data as, as you know, when, on, on this fight. Um, to see at what level he's going to be at. Definitely the best opponent he's going to face to date. Um, but let's talk about that Demaya Maya fight. If he beats Demaya Maya, mm. he's number seven in the rankings. That means he'll be on the top seven, top five. So Leon Edwards still don't have a fight. If this guy goes through Gerald, if this guy goes through Maya easily, why not book him against Leon Edwards for December? I think that Dana White is going to want to make his next fight after the Maya. So let's let's assume he takes care of Gerald in quick fashion. Let's assume he beats Maya in convincing fashion. I'm not saying he has to do it in the first round, but let's say he dominates the fight, he dominates. wins the fight, right? I think Dana White is going to want to book his next fight to be for a number one contender, and I don't think he wants to give it to Edwards. I just don't. I don't think he wants to give Edwards a number one contender type fight. He's had the opportunity to do so. This guy hasn't fought since... God knows a when. A year and a half. Since he got two piece in the back, a uh, three piece in the back, and he, he lost some mass bill. Yeah, and he yeah, <laughs> in the back, yeah in the backstage, um, and you know he had that booking with uh, Woodley, but that wasn't for a number one contender because you had Kamara that was gonna. I oh, know Kamara. Actually, I'm sorry. Um, uh, that fight happened after. So I mean, maybe I don't think that he's gonna give it to Edwards. I think that if Colby wins this fight versus Woodley, I think you could see Colby up. versus Kazmat. Oh. Oh, just like that. I, I mean, you're talking about Edwards. What Edwards ranked what three? I, I thought you were gonna say Kobe will get a rematch against Usman after the Burns fight, and then Hamzat fights um, Edwards, and then the winner of Woodley. I mean, the winner of Usman and Covington fights the winner. I, I don't think because when you're the champion, you. I mean, if if you hate Leon Edwards that much, put him against the Beast coming up. But but then if he beats him, you're screwed. Yeah, I mean, if he beats him, he you know he has the hype train. He's going. I don't think that honestly. I don't think that. I'm not saying Usman's scared. I don't think Usman wants the immediate rematch against uh, Colby. Colby. I think he knows that that fight tested him. So I think he wants Colby to absolutely earn it. And maybe making him go through Woodley. Maybe him making him go through a, a Burns or against um, or against Kazmat. Maybe he will think about wear him down a little bit. But you know we know Colby's not super you know as as active as some of the guys. So yeah. we'll see, man. We'll see. I don't think uh, Colby's wow. going to be lining up to fight Kazmat either. This if division, he, if he runs through those guys as easy as we think he's going to. This division 
It's getting interesting. It's exciting, bro. We used to think that, you know, this division and the, and, and the Adesanya division, all those were, um, you know, not as, uh, he is fighting at 185 this fight. I will say that, but you know, we're, 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 we're thinking that, uh, you know, it, it's not as exciting, but it's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. Yeah. I mean, he's fighting both divisions, so he's going to yeah. fight Maya 170, um, in a couple of weeks. He's going to fight this Saturday at 185. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is, is, he wants both champions. Yeah, he wants both. He wants both championships. And you got Alessandra at the top. He hasn't fought a wrestler like him. And then you got Usman at the top. He hasn't fought a wrestler at his level. So this is going to be interesting, bro. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. So the next fight on the on this card is Johnny Walker versus Ryan Spann. We all know the love affair that I have with Johnny Walker. We both have with Johnny Walker. Yep. Uh, he's been a little bit, um, you know, disappointing his last couple fights going back to, uh, the New York fight. Um, you know, this, this past, uh, November, but he did look better in his last fight. So I'm hoping that, um, I'm hoping that this time away, uh, maybe he's been working. He said this is the best training camp he's ever had. That's what he said. Yeah. He- um, that, you know, I mean, that he comes out, makes a statement against this dude and, uh, you know, puts himself back into the uh, the light heavyweight um, picture because it's more open now. Yeah, we were on the choo-choo hype train <laughs> of uh, Johnny Walker. I hope it doesn't happen to Kazmat like it happened to Johnny. No, Johnny Walker is a guy that's super talented. He's a physical specimen, but he didn't have the fundamentals of MMA. You know, he his knockouts were a little wild, a little crazy. We're on the hype train because he looked good. But then when he started fighting better competition, you could tell that the fundamentals were not there. Now he says he's at SBG Ireland yep. where Conor McGregor trains with uh, Coach Kavanaugh. Um, so hopefully he's learning and he's getting better. Um, he also, I got to say, he also fought two beasts. Oh, beasts. He fought Corey Anderson and, Nik- and Nikita. Uh, his last fight, and he, he got dominated off, yeah. by them. He got KO'd um, by by Corey Anderson, and then lost to Nikita by decision. But yeah. it looked bad. Um, Nikita's a beast, man. He's gonna be fighting for the championship at some point in the in the lightweight division, in the light heavyweight division. Um, so you know, I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt that he fought two monsters. But this is the fight that's gonna tell us: Is this guy getting better? Is this guy taking it serious? Does this guy wants to be a champion at some point? And I think this is an interesting fight because we're going to get to see the best version of Johnny Walker, in my opinion, now that he tra- trains at SBG. I hope so. I mean, like you said, I mean, he didn't fight. He wasn't fighting bums. You know, he did. He fought Corey Anderson. And then he fight Krylov, like you said, both guys, top five, top ten on that light heavyweight division. I mean, Ryan Spann, he's on a freaking, let me count here. Uh, he's on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight win streak. His last loss came in 2017. Some finishes um, there too. And that was in the Dana White, um, uh, contender series back in 2017. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six finishes mm. in that time. So this dude can, can, this dude can bang, man. This dude can brawl. Um, he fought for the championship and, uh, legacy fighting before he came over, uh, to the UFC. So he's no, he's no stranger. He's got 11 submissions. 11 submissions. Ooh, that's scary. He's, right a, there. he's a Brazilian jiu jitsu practicer. Um, he's at a Ford, uh, Fortis MMA. Um, he's an orthodox fighter. He's big. He's six five at the light heavyweight division. Johnny Walker is used to being the biggest by a long shot at six six. So this guy has eighteen so this wins, guy's got, fifteen finishes. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, this is this is another wow. tough fight. Wow. It this is, is another tough fight. tough fight. We'll see. Wow. So, but like you Very said, interesting. This could be a fight against the against the up and coming guy who has the you know who has the 
um, the, 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 the long history, the long record of, of being a good fighter, especially in the UFC with, with those nine fight win streaks. Um, so hopefully, man, hopefully, uh, we see a really, really good, impressive Johnny Walker and it gets him back into that, that top 10, uh, conversation because the lightweight heavyweight picture is as open as it'll ever be, especially right. now with, with Tiago, yeah. uh, again, now testing for COVID, they're not going to fight. So, so who knows? Ryan Spann is a big dude, bro. He's huge. Huge. Oh my God. I'm scared for He's Johnny. He's huge. I'm scared for Johnny. So, I mean, the last time he fought someone that big, that, that, that was that physical was Corey Anderson and he got slept in the first. So, wow. um, we'll see, man. I'm, I'm still on the, I'm still on the Johnny Walker hype train. Me too. Uh, I'm, I'm not driving it. I'm kind of sitting on the back. I still believe. <laughs> I still believe. I'm sitting on like the back, uh, like the back bumper. And if he loses his fight, I'm just going to. I'm gonna pull the I'm gonna pull the string to let me off. Hey, like Cody, and we'll have to go Garmin, fight. Like the Cody train. Um, I never really gotten off the Cody train. I, oh, I have said the no the no chin thing a lot, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think Cody he's got a lot to show. He's still so young, but I, I mean, I was on the Cody fight train when he had like six thousand followers on Twitter. True, and uh, he was fighting in the prelims. I was a big I was a big Cody. I like his tattoos. I think. I think that's why I was I was big on him. So before we uh, before we go to a number three, which is going to be the social dive, talk to me about Mackenzie Dern and Marcos. They're both Brazilian jiu jitsu uh, fighters. Both have a good amount of um, you know uh, submissions in, in their career. Uh, Marcos is um, ten and nine, but um, she has some good fights. She's fought in Amanda Rebus. She's fought in Claudia. She's fought in Hill. She only beat Hill out of those three, but she has some. She has some good fights against some against some good opponents. Yeah, Mackenzie Dern is a prospect in the UFC that they for sure want to promote um, as a future superstar. Um, she came off the great win performance of the night a um, couple of months back. Um, I think it was the knee bar, right? It was a knee bar. Yeah, against uh, against Cyphers. It was like a modified knee bar. It was mm-hmm. super impressive. We not, have not seen anything like that from a woman in any division. Um, it was very impressive. So, you know, I've been following her on Instagram and she's been working out every single day. She's been on top of her training. She's taking this serious. She wants to be a yeah. champion. She wants to be the real deal. Um, she doesn't want to disappoint anybody. So she's putting in the work, man. I think this fight is going to be very important for her status um, to become a superstar very soon. Yeah, she's 3-1 and one in the UFC. I need to see a little more from her in the stand-up game. Yeah. Because she lost to Amanda Rebus. Mm-hmm. Um, that this was very soon was after a beast. Uh, she gave she gave birth. Mm-hmm. She took a very quick fight. Maybe four months after she gave birth, she was already back in the UFC octagon. So that's you know, big ups to her. And Amanda's but, uh, a beast. Amanda's a beast. Yeah. She's great stand-up. You saw what she did, uh, and then she submitted, I think, Paige. Uh, to Paige. But um against Cypher, she did get the first round submission, but those first three minutes of that fight were worrisome. Yeah, she got she got stunned a couple times. She, she did. definitely didn't look as comfortable on the feet as we were hoping. She said that that was a big uh, part of her training camp was was being on the feet against someone like uh, against Cyphers, who's known for that. And um, you know, she is fighting another Brazilian jiu jitsu practicer, so maybe she starts off on the feet, shows us a little more, you know, uh, of what she's hopefully been working on. Like you said, she's been working hard, and then if she goes to the mat, she finishes. She got five submissions. Um, you know, on the mat, uh, out of, out of, out of eight, out of eight fights. Um, you know, but this girl, she's fighting, man, this girl, she's fighting. She, she, she's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practicer as well. So she can bang. Like I said, maybe this is when we see, um, when she, when, when we see a little bit of the stand up. Um, I didn't watch her, uh, fight against Hill, uh, but she did beat her. And we know, we know Hill is a, is a stand up artist. So, uh, we'll see, man. I, I'm a big fan of Mackenzie Dern and, and, and hoping it, hoping it goes well for her.
Yeah, and let's talk a little about Kevin Holland. His last fight was very impressive at the Apex. I remember we were in San Fran. We were playing the Oakland A's. Uh, we got, we had a day game, so we were able to watch um, that fight. And that KO was impressive, man. The way he set everything up and just lining quick straight through the pipe KO. This guy got power. He's flashy. He's confident. He's got everything to be a, a prospect and be a, and be a future champ. So we'll see. This fight will tell us even more. Let's collect that data on Saturday. This card is unreal, unbelievable. We'll make sure you guys tune in. This is going to be probably the best card of the year. I mean, wow. Best card of the year. On paper, I mean, yeah, you're talking, you're talking, you know, top to bottom. I mean, this, this card is, is ridiculous. Every single one of these, um, every single one of these fights is, is worth talking about. That was a 30 second, um, KO in the first round versus Buckley. His previous fight, which was May 16th, was another first round finish in the first 40 seconds against, um, Anthony Hernandez. So my guy is coming off of two. I'm sorry. There was a third round when he knocked, um, Buckley out, but he's coming off of two impressive, um, you know, KOs and we're excited to see him as well. So moving on to any number three, we have a lot of social dive, uh, topics to cover. So here we go. All right, guys, welcome to any number three, our last segment of the day. We're going to dive into the social world because since the last time we talked, we have a lot of things to cover. These fires have been going back and forth nonstop. I'm going to start off with um, one of the most intriguing fighters that's up and coming in the UFC. I wouldn't even say up and coming. He's fighting for the title. But um, Costa has been talking a lot of smack leading he's up talking, to this fight against Adesanya. He also looks like he's about... 250 Oof. right now. Looks like he could play the most devastating middle linebacker of all time in the NFL. Uh, he says he's going straight for the kill because he's not messing around. He says Adesanya's little skinny legs and skinny little body can't take his can't take his uh, his kicks. Um, wow, you know he's he's leaving nothing no, nothing back. So I know this isn't this fight coming up. I know we have another week for it. Um, but talk to me a little bit about Costa, what you're seeing out of him in training camp. And uh, he's brought Triple C into training camp. I mean, he's pulling out all the stops as well. Um, and, and and his smack talk leading up to this fight. All I see from Costa on his Instagram is workouts. This guy is training to leave no doubt in the octagon. While you see Alessandra dyeing his hair pink and focusing on his looks and everything. This guy is, is building up like a, like the Hulk. I mean, he, he looks huge. He looks massive. I hope he makes weight. He will make weight, I believe. And uh, Usada just showed up, and, you know, it looks like he's clean. So we're good to go, bro. This guy is a beast. He's, he's undefeated. He's been finishing everybody but Joel Romero. This guy is yeah. going straight for the kill because that's the only way he can win this fight. If he makes this fight pretty and technical, Alessandro is going to piece him up. Alessandro is the most technical fighter in the UFC right now. He's the best counter puncher in the UFC right now. So the only way that Costa can beat him is just go straight at him. Go for the blitz and just go for leg kicks and body shots and everything that can slow Alessandro down. And it's this fight, like I said before, if he goes past the second round, he's going to gas and it's going to be all Alessandro. So for Alessandro, he's got to be patient. He's got to circle around. It's not going to be a small cage at the apex. They're going to be fighting Fight Island. So it's, it's, it's going to be an intriguing fight, man. And I, I got to say, I don't know who's going to win, but if Costa can, can execute that game plan that he's talking about, it's going to be a long night for Adesanya. Yeah, like you said, Costa's been putting in some crazy work. I don't want to say um, Israel hasn't been working. I mean, I don't think you have to 
post your workouts, you know, always mm-hmm. on social. Um, it almost seems like we're in the day and age that if you're not posting your workouts, you know, people don't think they're happening. So, you know, you know, Adesanya has, you know, minus the Romero fight, which I really don't think he wanted that fight. And I also think that when he felt that little bit of power in the first round, he just became a little bit, a little bit gun shy. It wasn't a good stylistic matchup for, you know, for either of them or for a great fight. I mean, other than that fight and a little bit of the Anderson Silva fight, now that's two, but regardless, I mean, this guy has gone to war with uh, Gastelum. This guy has gone to war with um, uh, with the Australian um, uh, and Whitaker. I, I, Whitaker. And I really just think that uh, his style of fighting could play well, but Costa, like you said, he looks unbelievable, and I think he's motivated to uh, to to really send a message here and uh, finish this fight early. Yeah, I mean they got that one common opponent on on Joel and, and Costa. That's just, true. Wow, Costa made it look like it was gonna be fight of the year, fight of the decade if it would have been five rounds. You know what I mean? And Asanya shied away from Romero, and you know Costa is no Romero. He's not gonna wait for him. Mm. He's gonna go straight forward. He's gonna launch into him, and he's gonna try to you know KO him in the first ten seconds of the round. He yeah. might he might try to break Masvidal record. Yeah. I don't um, I don't know this. I wonder how many I wonder how many times Ariel um Adesanya, Israel Adesanya has has been even even dropped. Oof, in his uh, entire MMA kickboxing career. I wonder well, if he's kickboxing really he, he got slept bad okay. one time. That one time. Remember it was Oh yeah, we saw we that, saw that clip. I'm talking yeah. I'm really talking more about MMA, uh, mixed, mixed martial arts him. MMA. I mean he's undefeated. Obviously we know he's 18 and 0, 19 and 0, 14 finishes of his own, but I wonder how often he's even been he's hurt. Even, he's even been really really hurt cuz oh, his face don't look like it. Um Gastelum dropped him in the first round. Okay. He was a little off balance. It was not like Rock, but he dropped him. Yeah. Well, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait for that for that for that fight in general. That card is, is shaping up too. Um, now we moving on to uh, Dustin Poirier and uh, and and Tony the Boogeyman, uh, my guy. Uh, they were so El Kukui. He was supposed <laughs> to possibly fight on the undercard of the um, Khabib fight, but now Dana White, Uncle Dan, has unfortunately said um, the fight is off. We originally thought it was because um, Dustin wasn't getting paid enough. Tony took the social, said, pay the man. We, we want to make the fight. Then Dana responded um, just yesterday, the day before, saying that Dustin actually didn't want the fight. Now we have Dustin on social media, says he does want the fight. I didn't ever have taken Dustin as a guy who shies away from fights. Um, I just really do think this is more about compensation because, like we always talk about, there's cream of the crop in these divisions. And once you start losing, you start falling out of that top upper echelon, that first title shot, um, you know, type of consideration. You have a you have a little bit of a long road and, and, and Dustin isn't getting any younger. So I think he just wants to get paid. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, Dana White said that there's a lot of ways to not take a fight and one way is to negotiate yourself out of it. So that means he's asking for way too much money because he, according to Dana White, doesn't want the fight. I think Dustin Poirier is a real dog, and he went to war with Hooker, who was a way bigger guy, and he was able to win that fight. I think he wants to fight against Tony Ferguson because it's the one fight that will put him close to the title, and I think it's a fight that he can actually win. Um, Dustin Poirier deserves whatever money he's asking for. Why? Because he's been fighting for so long in the UFC. He's fighting the best of the best and not only fighting the best of the best, but coming out on top. He's been, he's been in Justin Gaethje, 
Then Hooker. He lost to Habib. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was a tough fight. But he 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 beat Max Holloway. He's been beating the best of yeah. the best that we've seen in this era of MMA. So this guy has been going to war for you. I think he deserves to get paid to fight the boogeyman because it's gonna be a bloody fight. Yeah, I mean you're not coming out of that fight. Um, you know, even Dustin, who probably put one of the most convincing dominant victories of the year on Tony. He was still beat up. He was still bloody. Oh, yeah. oh, he yeah. still got his lights uh, shut out in the second round and got saved by the bell. I mean, so th- there's no guarantee coming out of these fights, you're going to be able to fight for uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve months. And honestly, if this fight doesn't happen at UFC 254, I wouldn't be mad because I want this fight to be five rounds anyway. Yeah. Like, if it happens for three rounds, I'll be super happy and excited because the card is just stacked top to bottom. But if we can make that happen for a fight night and mm. get five rounds in these two animals. Maybe in December. Yeah, going at it, I wouldn't be mad. And so, we'll go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. So, I mean, um, I agree. I think that he just wants to get paid, man. That's all. So uh, moving on, we got a, a MMA Bellator fighter, Peter Stanonic, who got kicked in the penis <laughs> two times. The groin area. <laughs> the groin area. He got, he got uh, I think they were both spinning back kicks right to the growing two separate times. Um, you know, we'll, we're hopefully you guys are, are watching the YouTube version. We'll, we'll let me put a little clip up for you to see if you guys are listening to this MP3. Just uh, search MMA Bellator star Peter Stanick gets kicked. Uh, twice you'll see the video it was vicious um he says he's good to go now though he says he's uh he says that the doctors have all cleared him yeah it, it, was, so. it was a tough scene it was tough to see um i mean bro i mean you hate to uh, see it bro twice no. in the middle of the fight you prepare a full training camp you spend a lot of money on the training camp for this to happen it's tough yeah but you know i'm glad he's okay yeah so then we got willie masvidal working out as i mentioned um you know we mentioned before the one thing i took away from this is woodley said that masvidal is holding him accountable as a 38 year old 38 year old man who has won the title and been at the cream of the crop of the ufc for a while what do you think having him say another man is holding him accountable what like what what kind of message does that send to you i don't know i don't know you can take it different ways but for me it's like he lost his way and masvidal helped him find his way back um masvidal is a guy that has been you know he was fighter of the year last year yeah he's he was a guy that also lost his way and was able to find it after he came back from that island um so i think that you know I need to go there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I think Woodley, you know, can relate with Masvidal and be able to train with him, pick a little bit of his brain, the process, because he's more mentally. Woodley's more mentally. The talent is there. He's just not letting go. So Masvidal was the same way. He was yeah. not letting go. He was losing close fights, like we mentioned, before he fought Usman. Um, so now Masvidal is going Wonder for the Bull, kill. All those fights. Yeah, he's going Till. for the kill. He said, I'm not going to the decision anymore. If I lose, I lose because I got beat up, but I'm going for the kill. And we, we saw it against Usman. He went straight for the kill yeah, in that, that first whole, round. Yeah, whole first round. I was like, I was tapping yeah. you like this. I'm like, bro, you, you watching this? Yeah. You watching first this? First round. So I and think then, Woodley, if he can pick up that from Masvidal and be like, I ain't going to the decision no more. I'm going to finish fights from now on. Yeah. I think it's going to be scary. Yeah. And then our last one, and we've kind of already talked about this a little bit too. Uh, Gerard has, uh, is pissed off. The Wolf is double booked. He's looking to hurt him. Do you think it's going to happen? And uh, do you think this is disrespectful to, to other UFC fighters? I think Gerard will be lucky to land two shots on the Wolf. Two? 
two the shots. Over-unders too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he, you know, straight for the takedown. He's going to start to stuff it. He's going to put him on his uh, corner. Yeah. And he's going to finish him there. All right. Well, I, I do think that it is a little bit disrespectful. I mean, I wish maybe they would no have kept disrespect, it. Brother. I wish I wish they would they Zero. would have done. <laughs> you can't just say no disrespect, but it's disrespect. It's I wish facts. they would have kept it under under wraps until this fight was done, and then they could have announced it that night and be like, "Yeah, this was double booked." I like it. I like it like that. I, I, I like I, I like I want Gerald to come out there and try to go for the kill because I want to see some competition against the wolf. I yeah. mean, so far it's been okay. nothing but just straight. If Gerald people. stuns the world and beats Kazmat, wow, he's gonna be uh he's gonna he's going he's gonna be the next the next social media star. Yeah, for sure. But um, all right, guys, that's the quick recap of the social dive. We have the closing coming up right now. All right, guys, we're on the closing, and we hoped you enjoyed the episode. Our first episode with Sirius XM, like we said, we are super excited to uh, be on board, and we have some awesome things coming into the off season. So make sure you guys are listening. Make sure you guys are uh, are, are are looking are looking out for that. And um, after this card, like I said, it's the prime streak for the UFC. UFC 253 pay per view coming in hot. Wow! And uh, and beyond. So anything you wanna you wanna send off the uh, the listeners with? Just happy that we're with Sirius right now. We got a lot of great things coming. Like you said, we got we're gonna go to the training camps on these fighters in the off season, and we're gonna train with them. We're gonna interview them, and we're gonna have a lot more content yeah. for you guys. All right, guys, thank you so much. Episode 15, that's a wrap. We'll see you next week with the recap of this fight night and look ahead to UFC 253. See you.